This episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast was brought to you by our Beauty Industry Pro Mentoring Membership. Travel through interactive videos with me as we mentor you through self, business, team, and client development, helping you create a thriving beauty business in 2020. Visit the Beauty website for more information. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Shaw. Here we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts. Expand your knowledge through educational pieces and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today's guest is Ashley LaCorsia, CEO and educator at Ashley LaCorsia Lash Academy, or more commonly known across Instagram as Melbourne Lashes. After knowing nothing about lashes myself, I stumbled across Ashley's social media channel and was instantly wowed by her professionalism, technique, and passion for everything involving lashes, and I immediately knew that this was a podcast episode that needed to be recorded for you all. Ashley has been in the lash industry for over nine years now. After going to work in a banking and administration career where she knew in her heart that there was something more. Building her business from the ground up as a solo lash stylist to having a fully booked appointment diary with a team of lash stylists, Ashley completely understands what it takes to make it as an exceptional lash stylist and successful businesswoman at that. Through the need for further education and training within the lash industry, Ashley set out to help strengthen the lash world by creating her own education and training center as the business we know today, Melbourne Lashes. Service standards, lash relationships, and finding your purpose are topics that Ashley and I cover in today's conversation. From Melbourne Lashes, today we welcome Ashley LaCorsia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me today. Ashley, we start our episodes of finding out about how our guests entered into the beauty industry, and I'd love to ask you when and where your pathway began. I was about 11 years ago now. I think I was around 19 years old. Um, And at that point, I had a few different types of jobs. So I was hating my um, then full-time job and I wanted more for my life. I didn't want to be getting up to a job that I really didn't like that was quite repetitive and I guess not stimulating. So then I decided to do a lash course and, and there was something that I liked getting done myself. And I was always interested in the beauty industry. So I thought, well, let's give it a go. Um, and it was, it was kind of incidental. I, I never thought that I would be in the lash career or have a career in the lash industry. So um, it was something that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, incredible. And so you were in your role and not liking it. It can be so scary to take that leap, you know, and how did you do that? I mean, what was that moment like? You're sitting there, you've realized that 
you don't love what you're doing, you're making the drive to work. And I've heard you say before, like it's quite a long drive that you took in there. And then to actually do that role, how did you make that decision to just move into a completely foreign industry? I think for me, um, well, thinking back, it was the last draw for me was when I asked for some annual leave when I was working at my current that full-time job and my boss said no. And, and that for me was when I thought, I want to have control of my life. I want to take time off when I want to. And I guess not when someone's telling me when I can and cannot take time off. Um, and if I wanted that change in my life, I needed to then make that change. So, and at that stage, I was already lashing a little bit um, on the side and I had a small clientele that I built. So if I, or whenever I wanted to um, leave financially, I was, I was covered. So uh, that helped me to, I guess, take that leap and, and move out of, of my comfort zone. Um, which for years I was so scared to do. But once I did, I wish that I had done it sooner because that's when I grew and then my business followed. Um, I was able to then dedicate all of my time to something that I loved, something that I wanted to make happen so bad. Yes, it was so scary, but um, for me, I didn't have a plan B, which meant I needed to make plan A work. I had no choice. Um, so that is something that I tell a lot of people wanting to do the same. Don't have a plan B, just have one plan and make that work. Because I feel that if you do have a plan B, you're most likely not to push or not to make it happen because you know, you've got something to fall back on. So I think just having that one focus and just going for it with, for me is kind of what helped me to sort of take that leap. Yeah, incredible. And I really respect the fact that, you know, you had that moment of conversation with yourself almost where mm -hmm. you were like, okay, I do have a small side business, but what I'm going to do is completely build that clientele up before I leave my, you know, mm -hmm. very stable and supportive role. Because what I hear when I'm traveling around is Tamara, I want to be the business owner. I want to run my own business. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I say, okay, so what does your plan look like? How many clients are you servicing at the moment? You know, because while it's all good and well to sometimes follow our passion, if it's not mm -hmm. stable or if you're not being able to bring in the right income, um, then that can be really hard. Yeah, because I guess too, you do have your financial um, requirements, whether it's, you know, rent or car repayments, phone repayments, you do need to be thinking about that because you don't want to then put yourself in a situation where financially you're struggling. So for me, um, I had to make sure that the money I was making lashing on my side business would actually just cover my base wage, which was easy for me because I guess I was earning about six to $700 a week um, at that job that I was in. I was an admin staff member um, and I was making that lashing. So if I did leave my admin job, the lashes alone would cover me. So I was financially stable. And I think that's important too, because if you don't have that um, and you're relying on that finance, um, you will probably then struggle to then grow your business. Yeah. And I can appreciate as well how you're saying, 
you know, don't have a plan B. I actually love that because I never had a plan B either. I left my very, you know, stable full-time job earlier this year to completely immerse myself into beauty industry. And this is the only plan I had, you know, and it's so scary because, you know, you do put all of your eggs in one basket, but exactly as you said, you know, if I had a plan B, I don't know if I would have done beauty industry as well as we're doing now because you're kind of focusing on the plan B rather than the plan A. That's right. And it, and that's the one thing I think in order to succeed, you need to have 100% focus. So if you just have that one plan and it doesn't need to be, you know, step by step or your, all your stages planned out, it's just kind of having this idea and running with it and just going for it and trying everything that you can to make it work. Mm, and I guess too, you know, with that, the key word for me is flexibility because yes. so many things change, especially when you're in startup or when you're brand new to business or when you are going into a foreign industry, you do need to be flexible because there's things that you'll come up against that you thought, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that I needed to be here or that know that I needed yeah. to know this. Um, but that yeah. sense of being flexible and, and just saying yes to every opportunity, but also knowing what to say no to um, yeah. is also definitely, um, definitely a big thing. Yeah, no, I think that's very important. And and my husband always says to me, you don't know what you don't know. So um, you're not going to know everything. You're not going to have an an answer for every little thing that comes up. You just need to find the answer. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you then, the beauty industry has changed so much over the years. And now we're seeing a lot of kind of niche businesses. You know, you've got your brow bar, you've got your nail bar, people are skin specialists these days. Um, What was it about lashes that you knew that you would always have a consistent passion and purpose to perform on a daily basis? Uh, Well, actually, I don't don't know. At the time, I didn't know that I was going to have a passion for the lash industry. And I don't even know if I was going to be good at it. But I gave it a go. And and yeah, I, I was... I was okay at it at the start, but for me, being a perfectionist that I am, I had to be good at it. I had to be the best. So I dedicated, oh, sorry, I was dedicated and I was persistent. So, um, and what pushed me to that next level was I started to see the financial benefits. Um, and just like a lot of people, I didn't think that the beauty industry was going to be that financial, uh, financially beneficial. So um, I guess lucky for me, my now husband, he's a very smart businessman. So he had guided me and helped me along the way to make sure that not only was I building a strong business, but I also was financially making smart decisions. And now I get to be that guidance and that support for my students because I've had that experience. So um, I just tell my, my, my students, don't worry too much um, you know, if you're not picking it up right from the start, you will find your passions along the way. Mm, I actually really appreciate your honesty there, you know, because I was actually just filling out before we jumped on this recording um, an entry form into these awards. And um, one of them was, you know, what fuels your purpose and your passion. And and I, I wrote a similar thing in that you kind of, mm. it, it's okay not to know. You know, I think we get... No 
so much pressure, especially in high school when, you know, you're bloody 17 years old and people are like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? (laughs) It's too much pressure. And then even when you go to study or when you do get into a full-time job, like you don't always have to be passionate, but if you kind of move around and dip your toes in, eventually you'll find that passion. So I really love that. Yeah. And I guess too, when you're that young as well, you don't know what you want. And I guess that changes as well as you grow into your own person and um, those wants and needs then change. So you need to then adapt to that and um, yeah, be open to the opportunities or be open to the possibility of um, growth, I guess, because a lot of people get scared of growing and, and change. I know for I'm, I'm definitely a creature of habit. So when new things come my way, I do still get scared. Um, so it's just, I guess, being open to that change. And then so many incredible things come from, you know, being outside of that comfort zone. It's, in, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, I've heard you mention in your lives on Instagram that within four months, your lash appointments were completely booked out once you quit your job and did this full time. I'm sure many business owners are sitting in their cars listening to this screaming like, tell us, tell us the secret. So what can you, (laughs) you you know, this kind of level and capacity of success too? Do you have any tips for them and, you know, how they're looking to maybe increase their appointment books? Yeah, I guess for me, I really wanted to create a business that gave my clients not only the best eyelash extensions, but an experience. And, and that they, an experience they would want to talk about and the experience they wanted to, that they would remember. And I see this too often with small business owners that we forget that very crucial part. The experience that we provide our customers or clients is what most people um, remember. Mm. was what they remember most. Um, We get so caught up in providing obviously the best service, which again, if it's a lash application, that is still just as important. But we then forget about the experience we're providing our clients. Um, And that's what I guess kept my clients coming back. It was like simple things like my lash bed being the most comfortable bed you'd ever lie on, Um, taking time to consult with each individual client to show them how much I actually cared um, about them and the service I'm providing, um, explaining processes when uh, or during the application so that it eliminated any questions or anxiety around the service. Um, I made sure that they felt comfortable in my space uh, and comfortable enough to ask me questions so that they had a better understanding, I guess, about the service, therefore um, getting most out of each appointment. Um, And this is a massive topic that I talk a lot about in my lash courses and also in my upcoming uh, business masterclass, because I find that if you are creating an experience, that then is what creates your brand. Um, And if you have a strong brand, your business will be quite successful. So it all just comes back down to that experience. I think that we, that I used to provide and still do provide my students or my, my clients. Yeah, amazing. And I so agree with that because um, I don't know if you know, but I travel around to different spaces all over um, Australia and I actually do a lot of mystery shopping. 
and mm. um, I write an extensive review on the service and that's not just what I'm getting today in the treatment mm. room but the entire service from how did I actually make the booking what was that experience like and you yeah. know the person who met and met me at the front counter all the way through to the treatment and then how am I handed over from that therapist onto the receptionist and seeing checkout you know and yeah. I think a lot of us we forget or we're so busy doing the things that all of a sudden yeah. your clients in and out and we're just treating them exactly like that, you know, like they're part of a revolving door. So yeah. I love that you're saying there that education, but also with the explanation, because a lot of the times therapists assume that the client knows something and then yeah. we walk in and they've got their feet on the pillow and their head down the other end and we're going hang on yeah. how did this even happen um, yeah. but, but when you explain that it's a completely new level of experience it is. And, and again, as well, I tell my students that just because someone has had lashes for, let's say, five years, but they're the first time, that's the first time they're visiting your salon, you still need to explain the process because maybe what they have been told previously or what they have experienced previously may not be correct. So it gives you, again, the opportunity to re-educate the clientele, which therefore, and I say this to the students, creates a really good lash relationship. So, um, you want to make sure that they understand what is happening so that, um, again, it gives them that level of education. Because I feel that if, particularly with the lash industry, there is so many negativity or so much, um, I guess, an, a misunderstanding around mm. the industry that they damage your natural lashes and all these negative things. But it's because the lack of education, either both on the, the lash tech side or the, the um, client side. So I always tell my students that when you're having a client coming into your space, regardless of how much experience they've had previously, but if they are new to you, you need to be explaining what you're doing because it will, and it will definitely be different to what they've experienced previously. Yeah, and that's exactly right as well because if we're assuming that the client knows something and they don't, mm. the first thing they're going to do is whip out their phone and Google it and that's when things yeah. can go wrong. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then again as well, um, it helps with aftercare and how well the lashes last and things like that. So it all comes down to really good communication and creating that experience for your clients. Yeah, and so... In your business, you then started to hire some team members to come in and something I hear a lot from business owners, especially if they're a sole trader, solo business owner, and then they bring their team is, Tamara, how can I transfer my clients onto my team member? You know, because sometimes the clients are a little bit reserved or they say, no, 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 it's okay. I'll just stay with you tomorrow. Um, yeah. What was that moment like when you first started to hire your team members and how did you kind of transfer them over? Um, I, this was huge for me, I, again, because I worked so hard at building my clientele and my, my reputation and giving them that exceptional service that when it came uh, time for me to then hire someone, I needed to make sure that this was not, that was not going to change. Um, at the time, I was offering the lash training. So I had previous students that I guess I could choose from. Um, and that started. Um, and as that started to grow, I needed to make sure that my staff 
we're constantly updated with the latest, I guess, last training and always communicating um, with them um, to make sure that there was that consistency in the service. Um, and I guess for me, I also had to make sure that my staff had the same values as me. Um, they wanted to give that same kind of experience to each of our clients. Um, each staff member I had came from my academy. So they had those values, I guess, already installed in them because I, I trained them that way. So I was lucky in that sense. But I still had my ups and downs and, and worries because everyone's going to have their own individual um, input, which was great. But um, I just need to make sure that the standards were high and that they were um, met. Um, and I guess too as well, you know, even the way I would make the lash bed or how I would clean certain things, I had to make sure that my staff members were doing exactly the same thing so that it was consistent throughout the whole um, salon. Even though my, my, my staff members probably would say, oh my God, she was so anal, oh my <laughs> God, I would do their head in about the lash beds because I know the beds, the, the blanket had to be perfect on each side, not one speck of, you know, fluff on the beds. I was so particular because that again created my brand. So I had to make sure that I had to teach them those simple things of making a lash bed but then that then I guess um, gave my clients the same experience they would have had with me. Mm. And I think when you think about it everything that you mentioned there really just comes down to almost a level of trust like can I yeah. trust that you will have our brand values and talk about them to the client? Can I yeah. trust that you're going to perform the service as I do and educate the client as I do? And can I trust that you're going to provide a consistent treatment? And once you've kind yeah. of got all of those three boxes, tick, 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 yes. Or then yeah. when you talk to your clients about, okay, well, we've got this new therapist, her name's Mary. She's going to perform the exact treatment as I do. It's almost as mm. if there's no level of scarcity there. No. And I guess too, having that confidence as a business owner, whether you feel it or not, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Having that level of confidence um, does help. And, and always being present in your business. I, I, I really struggle to understand business owners that kind of like, oh, I'm going to start a salon. I'm going to hire four or five staff members. Oh, I'm going to go and have lunch and go and this and do all that <laughs> and not actually be present in their salon because that's mm. when things turn to shit. So for me, I was there. I was present constantly, even if it was sort of hovering around the treatment room so I could hear what was going on so that then if I was or needed to, I guess, pull up a staff member, I had um, the right information to provide. And another thing for me, I had to step away from actually performing the, the lash application and be front and center. Because as soon as I did that, I was able to then manage the salon properly. I had full control. Um, yes, there was times I had to give that control to some of the senior staff members. Um, but I guess being off the tools, as they say, um, gave me that opportunity to properly manage whether it was the, the books, yeah, like the appointments, the phone calls, the text messages, and then again, the staff members individually, stock, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think being present in your business is, is a no-brainer. You have to be there to make it work. You're, you're the one who started the business. You're the heart and soul of this business. You remove that, the morals and everything else kind of fall apart around it. 
Yes. And I, I often refer to that as almost being a global thinker because at any one time, you should know where every team member is, every client is, when that order is going to come through the door, when you need to reply back to an email. Like it, it takes a whole new level of thinking, really, yes. because especially if you're just you know, coming from being a therapist, if you're treating all day, every day, you're focusing on that one thing, but then moving into that business owner hat, you're doing mm. everything. You're an octopus with eight arms going at all times. Yep. So being present <laughs> is an absolute must. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I'd love to talk about, because you closed your lash business to open mm. and focus on actually having your own training center and lash academy, which is quite a big deal. So yes. <laughs> when did the idea of having, you know, training lash courses, all of that encompasses something that you actually wanted to develop. And why did you make that move to close your lash business? Uh, I guess at this, what, what, what I saw happening was I would get so many people sending me messages on Instagram or emails asking me about how did I start my business or how did I get to where I was and how, you know, I produced such amazing work. So I saw there was a need to not only educate, but then also support these lash stylists. Because when I started in the industry, we didn't have this, uh, these platforms of mm -hmm. communication with others in the industry. So, um, you know, I, I, I was so, um, I so wanted that because you are quite lonely in the lash industry as a, as a lash business owner. And I guess on a personal level, I actually love really helping people. Um, so it was a no brainer for me. Um, if I could help one person either better their current business or get them out of a nine to five job they hated to then, um, you know, create their own business. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved that. I never really set out to be a teacher. Out of all people, me to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even finish year 12. So um, I just did the bare minimum English uh, reading and writing and math. So I'm not, you know, very academic, but I guess I loved the lash industry. I had such a passion for it and also helping people. And then others started to see how much I loved it and saw my passion um and i guess people wanted in uh so then closing um the melbourne lashes salon and solely focusing on ashley lacostia lash academy was hard because i had to say goodbye to something that i spent so much time building on but i wanted to give my students that 100 percent focus, just like I did with my clients. I wanted to make sure that I was providing them with the best experience and service to my students so that they could succeed. And I found my passion for teaching and I absolutely love it. Meeting these girls that either want to change in their life or need a new direction mm. and then to see them succeed and start something for themselves. For me, it is the most rewarding thing. And when I'm not teaching in the academy, I'm guiding my students who are, who are a part of my mentor program, helping them to grow their business, um, setting their business goals and keeping them motivated to, and to also be their support because I have been there and I've done that. I've probably made every mistake you can imagine as a business owner and as a lash tech, um, whether it's, you know, having issues with clients or building a clientele, product testing, financial strategies, you name it, I have had that experience. And so now I get to 
take the guesswork out of it for my students and fast track their, their lash career. And, and to be able to say that I have done this for so many people for me, um, brings me so much joy. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, you must see a lot of students. I am wondering what kind of skills do you think a therapist has to perfect in order to be not just an average lash stylist, but, but an exceptional lash stylist? The way, the way I think of it is skill can be taught. If you're shown the right way from the start and given the right tools and information and education and are well informed, then the skills will come with practice and mm. persistence to be a successful lash stylist and the business owner. Um, or sorry, to be a, to be a successful um, business owner, that's something that comes from the person. I feel that um, you, have to, you have to want it so bad that you will find a way to make it happen. You will find a way to be the best in your industry um, and to make your business successful. And I say this to my students all the time. Don't worry if you're not the best in the class or you don't pick it up straight away. It comes down to what you do after your training. How bad do you want it? Some, some of the most successful students um, or lash techs that, um, that have come out of my academy were the ones who probably struggled in, at the initial stages of lashing, but they succeeded because they wanted it so bad. They never gave up. So having, uh, I guess, that determination, I think is most important if you want to succeed. You have to have that clear vision uh, of what you want. And no matter what gets thrown in your direction, I guess you find a way to, to make it work and to be the best that you can be in your industry. So um, if you want to be really good or be exceptional at something, you just need to have that fire in your belly and, and then just go for it. And don't let anyone tell you, otherwise or don't take no for an answer just keep going <laughs> I love that actually because you know a lot of the time we do face setbacks and and self-doubt yeah. is real these days you know I mean these days it always has been but I guess yeah. you know, with, with the comparison that we face on social media everything is very glossy yeah. and it looks like everyone's an overnight talented superstar when really yeah. you know it's taken 15 years to get to be exceptional so yeah. I really love that you say you know keep going and and fuel your passion and you will only get further than you could ever imagine yeah, and like even now, being in this industry for nearly 11 years, I've taken a completely different direction. I still have my moments of, oh my God, Ashley, what the hell are you doing? Are you really <laughs> going to succeed at this? And you have to kind of shake that thought and just be like, no, yeah, hell yeah, I can do this. And again, like I said earlier, sometimes you have to fake the confidence, fake it till you make it. And that kind of gets me through a lot of the time, um, faking it till I make it. And um yeah, like it's only human nature to feel that kind of that self-doubt and, oh, my God, can I really be, be doing this? Can I, can I really succeed at this? So, yeah, I think just know that I think no matter what level of success or what level you are at in your business, there is always going to be that little bit of doubt because it's the unknown. So, um, like I said before, if you don't know, you don't know. So, um, yeah, you just got to fake it till you make it sometimes to, to sort of get it, get through. 
For sure. Um, earlier, you mentioned there in the chat that you left your admin and your banking jobs, but you wish that you started them earlier and actually started your lash career sooner. What is your advice then to anybody who, you know, maybe listening to this and is currently sitting in a role who they just feel in their gut is not right for them? What would your first move be? I think find something that you have a bit of interest in. You don't have to completely love it. Because like I said, I fell into the lash industry. I liked getting my lashes done. So I thought, eh, let's give it a go. And um, whether it's lashes or brows or whatever, do a course. Just do it. Don't think about it too much. Stop making excuses and just do it. Give it a try because how are you going to know if it's going to work or if you're going to be good at it? You've just got to give it a go. And I think another really important thing is don't listen to people who are not in the position that you want to be in. Mm. Look at the people who are living the life that you want to live and listen to their advice. Um, and I guess try not to tell or ask too many people uh, for their opinion or their advice um, on whether or not you should do a course or quit your full-time job to pursue a new career because this is something that you might be thinking about for the last three, four, five months or even years. And then a five second conversation with someone who has not done any research about it or is who also might be scared to take that leap um, without realizing they can then provide you a negative opinion or a non-supportive advice um, that will then squash, I guess, any drive that you may have had to do something like a lash course. So um, if you wanna make a change, it's only you, I guess, that can make it happen. Uh, but be smart, set up everything from the start and build it up slowly. So that then when you do quit your full-time job financially, you won't struggle, like I said earlier. And that's probably something really, really, um, it, it's a slow process. I guess sometimes when you don't see the end result, it's very easy to give up, but you just have to trust in your journey. Don't worry about the destination because that, that destination is going to change, you know. So don't worry about that. Enjoy the journey, I guess, because um, you'll get lost. And I guess too, and, this, and a question that I get asked a lot, um, so I decided to actually write an ebook about it, how to start a business. Oh, and I guess, wow. it, yeah, it's a book that anyone can read um, and use, anyone can use this information for any small business. It has five easy to follow um, steps on how to start a business. It also has like a bonus section on how to gain and build a strong clientele, how to start growing your social media presence and tips on how to use social media for a business and how to create those experiences I was talking about earlier for your clients or your customers. And I guess too, how to, how to maintain that value in your business. Um, so yeah, I think you just got to do it. it. It's something that, yes, it's going to, going to be really scary, but how are you going to know if it's going to work if you don't give it a go? So um, like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And if that's okay with you, we might put that ebook in the show notes as well so that our audience can yes. go through and have a little look. Yeah, it's an easy read. Like I said, didn't, I never finished year 12. I'm not you know, the <laughs> smartest person. So it's a very easy read. Um, and it just will get you on the right path and, and set you in that direction that you need to be on. Um, so, yeah, it's available on my website and you guys, I guess, can provide the link. 
Yeah, beautiful. And look, I'm massive on emotionally intelligence rather than intellectual intelligence because yes. I too was absolutely crap at high school. Um, yes. and, and look where we are, you know, so you yes. don't have to be the brightest bulb in the classroom. <laughs> no, you definitely, I was in the back, I was in the back row of the class filing my nails for most yes. of my math and English classes. And I, a lot of my teachers would tell me or tell my mum, you know, Ashley's not going to do very well when she leaves school. She's not going to have anything but hey I sure showed them and, and that just shows that determination a lot of the time overrides the knowledge you'll find the knowledge along the way so don't stress about having you know everything planned out or having a business plan because um, that stressed me out having a business plan I never wrote anything down I kind of just did it um, and I just and, and I made things up along the way and I learned along the way and sometimes making mistakes or failure is the best way to learn. I say that to my students all the time. Good, make a mistake. You know, it's okay mm -hmm. to, to have a failed attempt because next time you'll do better. You'll know what not to do. So don't, be, and that's the thing. Everyone's scared. We, we have that fear and that's just, you know, human nature. Don't have that fear. Just, just forget about it for a second. Again, fake it. Just go for it. Yeah, I love that. Ashley, thank you so much for featuring on the podcast today. You've given us so much good advice and loads of inspiration um, and I really thank appreciate you. your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've actually really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. How brilliant is Ashley? I'm sure you've heard this many times before, but it's easy to do what you've always done and harder to change what you want your life to look like. And Ashley is an inspiration in that she did exactly that to make her dream life happen. If you've been a long time listener to the podcast, you would know how much my heart was singing when Ashley was talking about service standards and not performing just an average treatment, but moving beyond into the realm of exceptional service standards, something every therapist, lash stylist or not can learn from today's conversation. I particularly loved Ashley's insight to the combination of education, explanation and experience, which when combined provides you with an entire brand experience so much yes in that. Ashley would like to gift you all her ebook, five easy to follow steps on how to get your business started with bonus tips on how to quit your nine to five and build a strong clientele. So you can follow the link in the show notes for that little gem. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. You're giving me the biggest smile seeing your beautiful reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you times 1 million for those. If you haven't left a review yet, now is your chance. You guys know that I'm an independent podcaster. So when you hit that five stars and leave us a review, it really does give us the world of support. You can find more about Ashley's training and classes by visiting her on the gram at Melbourne Lashes or have a little sneaky peek at what we've got planned for 2020 over at Beauty Industry or myself most likely drinking champagne over the Christmas period at Tamara Shaw Reid. Until next time, stay connected and Merry Christmas while I'm at it. <laughs>